if everything that you ever knew was a lie. My name's Tiffany. I'm your host, and today we're going to talk about the case of Jean-Claude Dominique. As I drink my barefoot spritzer, Jean-Claude came from a big family. He was one of 23 siblings, but most of his family decided to stay back in Haiti, where they were all originally from, and it was actually him and a brother that decided to go to America, and he became a doctor by he became an ER doctor by age 29. He was known to be very compassionate and have empathy for his patients. He started working at Interfaith Hospital in Brooklyn, New York, and that's where he meets Elliot. Elliot was a very sweet, soft-spoken registered nurse who worked at the hospital, and she also came from Haiti. So they were able to connect on that level. They had things to talk about. They just really seemed to have a connection. And before you know it, on May 20th, 1980, they got married. He moved into her condo. Uh, a couple years later, they had a son who was a Jean-Claude Jr. And a little bit later came a daughter, Rachel. Almost right after the birth of their daughter, Jean-Claude received a promotion at a nearby hospital, which would allow the family to move into a nice, bigger house in a very nice, prestigious neighborhood. He moved the family to Long Island, New York. Elliot decided that she was going to take a break and stay home with the kids. Even though they had this nice big house, they did decide that they were going to keep the condo as well. Since Jean-Claude still worked over in that area and it was closer, since he would work such long shifts, they could be 12 to 15 hours at a time. And he didn't feel comfortable driving. And she felt really safe knowing that he was there and... He was afraid of falling asleep at the wheel. Ten years later, they're still happily married. Everything is great. Very much in love. You know, she gets excited anytime he's actually able to make it home for dinner and spend time with the family. They really cherish those moments since he was gone quite a bit. Long days turn into long nights, so it was not uncommon to not see him for days. On March 22, 1999, Elliot was hoping to see Jean after his shift, but just before midnight, he gave her a call and said that he was just too tired and he really just wanted to go and stay at the condo. She was disappointed, but she felt safe. But that night, Jean-Claude made other plans. He went to the condo, he freshened up, but he headed out. As he was walking to his car in the parking lot, he was hit by a black Cadillac DeVille and was thrown into the gutter. The car takes off, but it was later found one block away. And when they ran the plate, it was reported stolen just days before. And it was empty. There was nobody in it. They couldn't find any evidence, nothing linking anybody to it. Jean-Claude suffered a lot of trauma. It went to his whole body, his head, he was a mess. He was on machines helping him breathe. He was lucky to even be alive at this point. Elliot rushes to her husband's side, who is on life support. As soon as she walks in the door, she looks in, sees her husband hooked up to all these machines, all these things helping keep him alive. And then she notices that he's not alone. There's another woman in his room. 
and this woman's holding his hand. So, of course, the who are you starts, and they both have the same answer. He's my husband. This is where Betsy Dominique makes her debut. Elliot tells her who she is, and Betsy tells her, I know who you are, and you got divorced 17 years ago, and that's when we got together. And we have two children together, a boy and a girl. And Elliot is like, um, we never got a divorce. We've been married 17 years, and we also have two kids, a boy and a girl. These two women are now staring at each other like, what the fuck? Probably more Elliot than Betsy. Sounds like Betsy had some kind of an idea. I'm sorry, I could not imagine that. Just thinking about that, and I had to open me another one. <laughs> but it's, it's only going to get worse from here. Because you have both women now saying that they are the Miss Dominique. And the doctor now is coming in because he needs to know who is legally married to this man. They are going to be his next of kin. They're, they're going to get everything. They're going to get the money, the house, everything. So this is very important. It's also going to make the decisions on his life. So, of course, both women want to make sure that they're going to be the one who gets to say what's going to happen with this man. And I'm sure they are both wanting him to wake up so he can answer to what the hell he's been up to. Betsy was the one who was able to provide a marriage certificate. And they asked Elliot to leave. I can only imagine what would be going on in your head at that moment as everything is unraveling around you. And now you have to leave the hospital. It... I, I can't. She's a mess at this point. And she just kept repeating to herself, I am the true Miss Dominique. I am the true Miss Dominique. I am the true Miss Dominique. She's like, I swear to God, I married this man. I did not divorce him. What the hell is going on? Over the next month, the women seemed to take turns waiting for him to wake up. Elliot would go when Betsy wasn't and vice versa. One day, Elliot asked his brother Ali if he knew about Betsy. And she was told that, you know, they had grown up in the same village back in Haiti and that they were actually childhood sweethearts and that their families were very close, even still to that day. One day, she decided to move to New York and they rekindled their relationship. And he told Elliot, you know, that's my brother's business. I can't speak for him. And clearly this woman wants answers. Like, did you know this man's hanging out at my house all the time? Did you know he's actually married to another woman? Well, it turns out that's when Jean-Claude decided that he couldn't decide between the two women. When Betsy ended up moving to New York, he decided, I'm just going to have two families. He bought a house for Betsy and their two kids in New Jersey. And when he was with Elliot, he told Betsy that he was at the condo. And when he was with Betsy, he would tell Elliot he was at the condo. Nobody suspected anything because he took such good care of both families. He was very attentive. He was, 
he wanted to know if they've done their homework, how are their studies, uh, what are their grades. He was very academic and he wanted to know what was going on in his children's lives. For 20 years, he was able to be a devoted doctor and a husband and a father for two households. How in the hell could you pull that off? I, I don't know. Being a doctor alone has got to be exhausting. Now you're going to have two wives and four kids. Oh, Lord. On April 30th, 1999, just after 39 days, Jean-Claude passed away. His cause of death was blunt trauma with complications. He was 50 years old. Ali, his brother, goes to see Elliot to talk about his funeral. And he tells her that he wants to have this huge bash. He was telling her that they need seven limos. And that he wanted her to fly in their whole family from Haiti and put them up somewhere. And she said, that sounds very expensive. I can't do that. And Ali didn't really seem to understand that. He was like, uh, my brother was a doctor. How can you not afford it? Like, he just didn't get that she has to live on this money for the rest of her life, plus the kids. He spent $30,000 on this funeral, and then he wanted her to pay half. And I'm not sure if that's after his family already said, like, you're not welcome to the funeral, because she didn't want to pay for all that other expenses. Even his cousin called her and said, you're not the true wife. Betsy is the true wife and we don't want you at the funeral. So not her or her children were able to say goodbye. Betsy again ended up getting next to kin since Elliot cannot produce a marriage certificate. She is just a, a mess. What about her? What about her kids? You know, they've been married for 20 years. She just cannot believe that this is all happening. So she decides, you know what? I'm going to go to the old condo and I'm going to start cleaning it out. And as she's going through paperwork and desks and drawers, she finds a big envelope and it's got her name on it. When she opens it up, it's a divorce degree and it has her signature on it. She is so confused. She's hurt. She doesn't understand. I did not sign these papers. We are not divorced. How am I, how am I looking at my divorce? Well, luckily Elliot has a friend who happens to be a lawyer and she knows she did not sign these papers. So her friend brings in a writing expert who agrees with her and says, this is totally a forgery. This was a double betrayal. Because not only did he do all this behind her back, which means he had to hire someone to play her in front of a notary with a license. You have to show a driver's license. Like, how the fuck did he pull this off? But he also made it to look like she was the one asking for the divorce. She thought they were happy. Talk about being blindsided. Betsy had taken over the finances, but Elliot decided she was going to fight back. She was the real Miss Dominique. She took it to court, and on July 5th of 2000, which is 15 months after the fact, a judge says that Elliot is the real Miss Dominique. 
And the judge actually says that Betsy is not now or has never legally been married to Jean-Claude Dominique. Elliot was so happy inside and felt so freaking like, yes, bitch. <laughs> yes. All assets go back to Elliot and all four of the kids get a share of his estate. There was like 70,000 in mutual funds. He had a few life insurance policies, but even just one alone was worth a million dollars. But then she finds more things that she did not know that Jean-Claude was keeping from her. She found out that he bought the house for Betsy in New Jersey. And she was actually woman enough to say, you know what? You can keep it. You earn that. that that's your home. You know, she felt like that was just, it was the right thing to do. But she found another building that she had no idea even existed. And it was a storefront in Brooklyn. She didn't even know what the hell it was for. What were they using it as? So it turned out that his brother, Ali, and Betsy were working there. They turned it into a beauty supply chain slash money transmittal store. Elliot said, sure, you can keep your house, but she did not want to keep this property. And that made his brother, Ali, very upset. So even after when she got all this money, you know, got the home, everything like that, she still decided that she needed to go back to work. So she went back to work as a nurse on the early shift. On October 30th, 2000, she was getting ready for work. You know, she's kind of got her, her little routine down. She goes outside. She pre-starts her car. So when she's ready to go, her car's all heated up for her. It's cold outside. I get that. I hate the cold. So she goes out to the front porch. And when she opens the door, she notices that the motion detector light was already on. So she just takes like another step and she's looking around and trying to see, you know, sees anything. She doesn't see anything. So she goes back in the house. She gathers whatever it is that she needed for the day and she locks the door. This time she notices that the motion detector light doesn't come on at all. So now she's like, what in the hell is going on? She turns her head to walk back to the house because she's like, I'm going to go flip the switch and see what the hell happens. All of a sudden, two men dressed in all black come out of like the bushes and five shots go out. Now she turns to run back into the home and she does get in. She closes the door. Her daughter could hear some of the commotion that was going on outside and then her mother screaming. So her mom's telling her, call the cops, call the cops. So her daughter calls the cops and she was hit three times, twice in the head and once in the hand. A neighbor walking his dog saw two black men run by with dark puffy jackets. While the police canvassed the neighborhood, they were able to find a gun hidden in some bushes. I never understood. Why, why do you hide it in bushes? I, I don't understand. Elliot's a trooper, man. She survives. She just has a small head wound and a couple fractured fingers. And they said by her deciding to look back to try to flip that switch, that is what saved her life. It was just that one small thing. If her head would have been straight on, she would have been instantly dead. While she's in the hospital, though, the police decide that they are going to keep her under watch since clearly she was targeted. She tells them about the problem that she was having with her brother-in-law 
and the rest of the family stating that, you know, they weren't very happy with her since she was not as generous as they were hoping that she was going to be. And she did note that he did tell her that he was going to give his brother the funeral he deserved, that he guaranteed that. The police continue to patrol her block to see if anything sticks out. They see a man that's walking down the street and he just seemed off. Like, they couldn't really put their hand on it, but just something about him wasn't right. They noted that he just, he looked kind of out of it, and he wasn't dressed appropriately at all for the weather. It was very cold out, and this man was walking around just shaking. They want to check and make sure he's okay, so they asked them, you know, like, what's your name? Do you know where you are? Things like that, and he had no idea. So, I mean, clearly they can't leave you like that. So they take him back to the station and they find out his name is Alexander Exama. And he said he was in the neighborhood because two months ago, his boy was given a house that they needed to hit. And he was supposed to kill a woman who lived in one of the houses. And they asked him to be their driver. And I guess it was for like 3000 apiece. So they're like, who's your friend? And he said, Joseph Moyes. Joseph was asked to be the driver, but he backed out. So Ali stepped in to be the driver. Marvin Geden was the gunman and Alexander Exama was the accomplice. Ali thought that by him killing Elliot, that he would be the next one in line to get the estate. He never denied shooting her, but said that it was for his safety. He implemented her in Jean-Claude's accident, saying that he knows she did it and that he was afraid that he was going to be next. So he had to take her out before she could get him. He said that she disrespected him by selling the building and made a comment that he wanted to kill Elliot first. That statement kind of had the cops thinking there for a minute because they're wondering what was going to be in his final house of cards. He was overheard telling someone that he wanted to murder all four kids and then frame Betsy. Like, I don't know to what level this man was going to go to get his money. I don't know how much money he thought his brother had. I mean, I'm sure he had money, but I don't think it's as much as you think. And the crazy thing is, is he has a job. He worked at that building with her, but he was also a chemistry teacher, and he was a soccer coach. In February of 2002, Ali Dominique pleads guilty to second-degree attempted murder and conspiracy to commit murder, and he received a sentence of 8 to 25 years. That's just... Marvin Geden, he was only 21. The shooter pled guilty to second-degree attempted murder, and he received 19 years. Alexander Exama, he was also 21. He pled guilty to second-degree attempted murder and received 12 years. Joseph Moyes, the would-have-been driver, served as a witness for the prosecution, and he pled guilty to criminal felicitation in the second degree, and he received one year. Elliot is now retired, and she spends most of her time traveling and spending time with her kids. Rachel graduated from two Ivy League universities and is now a lawyer. Jean-Claude Jr. is an engineer pursuing his master's, and the case of Jean-Claude remains an open case. 
the fingerprints found in the car were not found in the database and they really had nothing else to go on. Call me crazy, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was Betsy. How'd she get to the hospital so quick? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Something about that I find fishy. Maybe she had thoughts that he was cheating or I have no idea. But thank you for listening. Don't forget where you can get your crime fix. Pandora, iHeartRadio, Apple, Spotify, YouTube. Yes, finally mastered that. Or wherever you listen to your podcasts. While there, make sure to like, follow, and subscribe or give that five-star rating. You can also follow me on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't checked out CrimeOverCocktails.com, you should. You can also listen to the episodes there. Or if you want to help support the show, join my Patreon. All right, you guys, have a great night, and we'll talk crime another time. <laughs>